Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, man, this has been a good series. I don't know if you guys are appreciating or not, but I love the book of Exodus. Uh, heads up, if, if you have not picked up a reading guide, uh, they are in the back. We're on week five. Uh, all three campuses are reading through the book of Exodus together. And so if you're late to the party, that's fine. You can just pick up. It'll be week one for you. You won't be with all the cool kids, but that's fine. Week one can be week one for you. Um, so just be cool just to read through the book uh, as a church together. Also, if you don't have a notebook, you can go buy the Connection Bar pick one up on your way out. Uh, we're doing, we're praying through the book of Exodus uh, every day. We're, we're using the app to take notes and books and our small groups are doing that. A lot of them are. And so, man, a lot of cool things going on. If I hadn't had the chance to meet you, uh, my name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. For everybody watching online, thanks for tuning in, YouTube and Facebook and the website and uh, all that kind of cool stuff. I want to do a little audience participation just to start out. So don't be too cool for school. Uh, I want you to be honest with me in this. Uh, raise your hand if in the past 12 months you have been late to work or school at least one time past 12 months okay good so a lot of honest people a lot of liars in here all right uh so what about this uh raise your hand if you've been late to work or school maybe once a month once a month you are late okay how about once a week are there any once a weekers out here if your boss goes to church here, don't, don't raise your hand uh, right now. <laughs> oh man, like 20, I read this stat this week, 20% of Americans report that they are willing to admit that they are late to work at least once a week. That is crazy. Five days a week and you go to work and you are late to one of them every single week. That's wild to me to think that. We're not judging. It's a judgment-free zone, okay? I'm just telling you, that's wild. I'm surprised you still have a job. Um, and so I, I was curious. I was like, so what do you say? Like when you're late to work, what is your excuse? What, what do most people say? So I looked it up. Top reasons that people have for being late. Uh, number one top, over 50% of people that are late give this excuse traffic. It was construction. There was a wreck. Uh, you act like you've never driven the road from your house to your work. And, and you well, I didn't know how long it was going to take. Okay. All right. Come on. Welcome to adulting. Um, traffic is the number one response. Number two, my alarm clock didn't go off. This blows my mind because we have alarm clocks on our phones. Uh, and so like I, I didn't set it. I slept through it. It didn't go off. Uh, the dog chewed the cord and it didn't charge. And so I'm sorry, like I just didn't hear my alarm clock. That's the second most common one. Uh, bad weather is number three. So maybe it's snow uh, during the winter and that took you longer to get to work or there was a bad storm. And so you just were trying to be careful. Number four is, I'm surprised it's not number one because it's number one for me. Um, number four excuse for being late is I forgot something and I had to turn around. Like that's for sure me. Uh, like you get halfway there and you're like, man, I don't, I don't have my computer. I don't have my iPad. I don't have my stuff. And so you turn around, you go home to get, to, uh, to get it. And then you get to work and you're like, sorry, I forgot. I forgot what I needed now. But em employers though are starting to catch on. Uh, I don't know if this is where you work, but uh, if you're late, like employers, they want an excuse now. Like if you go to the doctor, it's not good enough to say I had a doctor's appointment. They want a written excuse from the doctor or from the dentist 
to say this is, this is where you, you are. I remember a couple of years ago, they do this at school too. If you want to check your kids out from school, you got to give them a good reason uh, why to do that. And I remember a couple of years ago, the fair was in town. And so I decided I was going to check the girls out of school early and we were going to go to the fair, beat the crowds, okay? So I roll up into the school and I checked them out. It was like 12 o'clock and uh, I checked them out. And when you check a kid out from school, you got to give them a reason why. And uh, so I, like, I'm just shooting her straight. She was like, why are you checking your kids out of school? And I said, I'm taking them to the fair. We're skipping school today, sticking it to the man, and we're going to the fair. And she had a smile on her face. And uh, she said, you won't believe the amount of parents that have come in and checked their kids out. And I know they're going to the fair because when their kid comes into the office, they're like, we're going to the fair. But when I ask them what the reason is, they say, oh, we have a doctor's appointment. And I'm like, listen, I don't know if that makes me a great person because I told the truth or a horrible father because I'm letting my kids skip school to eat corn dogs and uh, elephant ears and all that stuff. But either way, like, I, I think honesty is the best policy when it comes to it. Like, I've gotten out of speeding tickets because I just told the police officer that, like, the truth. I was speeding. I'm sorry. And uh, I don't know. Honesty must be something that not a lot of people encounter a lot uh, because there just seems like... Uh, People are more willing to accept that, your honesty over an excuse any day. Well, when I uh, graduated seminary, before we planted Revo, I was a chef at a restaurant. And so it was like constantly dealing with employees not showing up on time and always having an excuse. And there were two dudes uh, that worked back in the kitchen with me in particular that seemed to always have an excuse. I cannot tell you how many times this guy's grandmother died. I'm like, how many grandmothers do you have, bro? what is going on here? And just constantly. So I finally had to have a talk with him. I say, hey man, the next time that you are late, I'm about to let you go. Uh, Like we just got to show up on time. It's a character thing. It's an integrity. Like if you say you're going to do something, then do it and uh, be here on time. And so sure enough, within the next month, both of these guys roll in about 45 minutes late. And of course they had an excuse, right? They said, listen, Nathan, on the way into work today, we had a flat tire. Tire went flat. We're sitting there on the side of the road, changing it. And we got it change as fast as we could. And we are here today. I'm sorry. I didn't believe that at all. And so I was racking my brain. I was like, man, I, I need to let these guys go. But I, I mean, like, what, what, what do I need to do? How can I do it? And then it dawned on me. I said, I need to ask him a question. So I brought him into the office in between the lunch and the dinner shift. I brought him into the office and they sat on opposite ends of the desk and I slid both of them a piece of paper and I gave both of them a pen. I said, hey, fellas, I got a question for you. Just something I need to know, okay? Now, I don't want you to look at each other. I don't want you to say anything out loud. I just got a question for you. Ready? Can you write down which tire it was that went flat? Come to find out, two tires went flat. They, they had both different answers. It was, it was, they told me it was just one tire. So that was their last day. I was like, boys, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night, okay? Like, I know what's going on. Uh, so that was their last day that they worked for us at the restaurant and uh, good riddance to them. Uh, but there's an excuse. You know, like, we love excuses. It seems like anytime something doesn't go our way, we are ready with an excuse. We'll use excuses in our job, in our marriage, in our family, with our kids. We'll use excuses if we don't reach goals or we're not successful. Like there's always something that we can jump in and say. And I've also realized this, we will use excuses and give excuses in our relationship with God as well. Something that he's called us to do, a command that we read in scripture, and instead of doing it and just being obedient, like we know what God says, but we will give an excuse for it just to try to get out of it. 
Now, last week in uh, Exodus chapter 3, we, we talked about the story of the burning bush, right? God spoke to Moses in a burning bush, and God actually told Moses what the purpose of his life was going to be. He said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to use you to go and speak to the Pharaoh and rescue these uh, Israelites, the Hebrews, out of slavery in Egypt. And I'm going to use you to take them into a new land that you are going to call your own. And it's going to be great. And you can imagine, like, what would you do if God audibly spoke to you and told you the purpose and the plan for your life? Like, would that not be pretty cool? Like, I wish that would happen sometimes. It's like, just, give, just talk to me through a burning bush, God. Like, just tell me what it was. And so if I were Moses, I would be fired up about it. I'd be like, man, for the first time in my life, I know why I'm here. I know the plan and the purpose that God has for me. But interestingly enough, instead of being fired up about that, Moses starts to fire off the excuses. And he tells God in these next few verses, he gives God five excuses as to why he is not going to do what God told him to do. And before you bust his chops on it, before you be like, man, what a loser. Come on, Moses, you got to be kidding me. Here's the deal. I'd be willing to bet that every person in here has given these excuses to God before. I know I have. So if you have your notes, let's do Exodus chapter 3. If you want to open up the app, everything will be in there to follow along with the sermon notes and the sermon guide. I want to show you five excuses that Moses gave God, five excuses that I am guilty of constantly in, in my life. So in verse 10, God says, I'm going to use you to bring the people out of slavery. And here's what Moses said. First thing that comes out of his mouth. But Moses protested to God, gave an excuse. Who am I? to appear before Pharaoh. Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people about out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Here's the first excuse. Jot this down if you're taking notes. Moses says this, who am I? Like God puts a calling on his life and he's like, you know who you're talking to, right? This is Moses. I, I don't know if you know this guy, but I killed a guy. Like I'm wanted for murder right now. I'm on the run. Who am I? I'm not that big of a deal. I'm not really that talented, God. There's nothing about me that, that would make you want to look at me and say like, I, I'm, a, I'm the real deal, okay? <laughs> nothing about that. And Moses says, looks at God and says, who am I that, that you would want to use someone like me? And here's God's response. I, I love this. Uh, he says, listen, it, it's not about you. It's about me. You're with me. God looks at Moses and says, you know, who, who are you? I'm going to be honest with you, Moses. You are a nobody. <laughs> like, you're a loser, man. But here's the deal. You're with me. And, and when I'm with you, like, it doesn't matter who you are and what you have and what you don't have. And you and I need to understand that as well. It doesn't matter what we can or can't do, who we are, or who we are not. When God is with you, that's a game changer. Uh, a buddy of mine runs the Dash Stadium, where the, the Dash play baseball, truest stadium here downtown. And so anytime he uh, calls Revo home, any, anytime I want to go see a game, I'll just call him up. And he'll meet me at the front gate, and uh, he always has like two sets of tickets when we go to the game. He says, here's tickets uh, for the front row, and then here's tickets for the suite. Now, the suite is air-conditioned. Uh, <laughs> holler at your boy. <laughs> That's why I want to watch the game. I want to watch it in the AC. And he says, so if you want to get right behind the plate and be right there at the action, here's the front row tickets. But if it gets hot or it starts to rain or you get bored, you can take the girls up to the suite and sit in the air conditioner and everything's up there. It's like, great. And he said, now, let me take you to the concession stand. 
So he takes us to the concession stand behind home plate. It's the biggest concession stand, has the most variety out of the whole stadium. He gets the guy that runs the concession stand. He looks and says, hey, this is Nathan. These are his two daughters. Anytime they come up to the counter tonight, whatever they want, just give it to them. Whatever they want to eat, whatever they want to drink, just give it to them. It's on the house. It's on me. Just so don't charge them. Give it to them. Then he gets on the radio, and there's a, a cotton candy vendor on the first base side. And he radios me, said, hey, Nathan and his two daughters are here. You know those girls eat cotton candy. So they're going to be coming by there, give them all the cotton candy they want. Yellow, pink, blue, purple, mix the color. It doesn't matter. Just give them whatever they want. So I go down. We get uh, down to the front row. And all of a sudden, uh, a, a batter hits a foul ball. And then it crosses my daughter's mind. I want a foul ball. Well, I don't have a glove. Like, I, you can't just produce a foul ball. Uh, I didn't think you could. Uh, we're behind the home plate. There's a net all around us. So I was like, there's 0% chance we're going to get a foul ball. I'll call my buddy. I text him. I say, hey, Leah wants a foul ball. You got a foul ball? Five minutes later, he comes walking down to the front. He's like, first of all, he's like, where are you? Are you in the suite? Or are, you, are you on the front row? I'm like, we're on the front row. Bring it to us. He comes down five minutes later, calls Leah's name, tosses the ball to Hey, Leah, toss it to her. Hey, foul ball. You got a foul ball. <laughs> Congratulations. Walks back up. We're eating everything we want. We got all the shirts, all the hats, swag, sitting wherever we want. And I'm a nobody. Nobody knows me here. Here's the difference. Everybody knows who he is. And when you're with him, it unlocks all the doors. God looks at Moses and said, hey, man, it's not about you. When you're with me, it unlocks all the doors. You don't understand. I got my hand all over this. I run this whole show. I created all of this. Everything answers to me. And so when Moses says, who am I? What have I done? God's like, you're a nobody, bro. You're with me. And you and I have to understand when God places a call and a purpose in our life and calls us to do something in this book, it, we can't use the excuse, well, well, who am I? I'm not that big of a deal. God says, of course you're not that big of a deal, but you're with me. And when you're with God, every door is open. He makes every way that you need gives you everything that you need to accomplish what you need to do. You're with me, and so that key right there unlocks everything. First excuse, Moses just says, man, who am I? God says, man, you're, you're with me. That's, that's what he had to remember. That's what you and I have to remember as well. Verse 13, but Moses protested, got another excuse coming in hot. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, tell him this, I am who I am. You want to know who sent you? Tell him, I am sent you. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. It's a big deal. That statement is, is loaded with meaning right there. But here's the second excuse that, that Moses offers. Um, God, here's the problem. I don't have all the answers. What if they ask me a question that I don't know? What if they say, who sent you? Who is this God that talked to you? What am I supposed to say? I can't tell you how many times in my life I did not do something that God wanted me to do because I didn't know all the answers first. I can't tell you the opportunities that I've had to share, like in one-on-one -on -one conversation, share with someone about Jesus, invite them to a relationship with Jesus, talk about who Jesus is, but then there's this thought that crossed my mind, what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer to it? Like, that's going to be embarrassing, right? I mean, I thought you were a pastor. Like, I thought you were supposed to know this. How are you trying to teach me about something when you don't even know all the answers? And so there's been times where I gave that excuse to God. And I said, well, because I don't know everything, 
because I don't know all the answers, because I'm scared that somebody may ask me something that I don't know, and maybe it embarrasses me or makes me look bad. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Here's what Moses said. I don't have all the answers, but God's response was this. I have everything you need. Did you catch that? In, he said, my name is I am. It's like an open-ended sentence. So whatever you need, God says, I am that. There were seasons in Moses' life where he needed wisdom and insight, and God said, that's what I am. I'm your wisdom. I'm your insight. I'll give that to you. There were seasons in Moses' life where he was hurting, where he was confused, where he was angry, where he didn't know what to do next. And God says, I am the one that will bring comfort during those times. There were times where Moses didn't know what direction to go in. Left, right, straight, stop, go, fast, slow. What are we doing, God? And God said, I am your GPS. I will show you where to go. I'll provide for you the next step. There were times where Moses didn't have what he needed in order to accomplish what God called him to do. And God said, you know what? I am the provider. And that's the same thing with you and I. The great I am is the I am that you and I serve, that you and I know as God. So whatever you need, God, it's like God writes Moses a blank check right here. He says, whatever you need, just write it in. I am the provider. I am the comforter. I am the friend. I am the answer. I am the one that can give you wisdom and discernment. I am the one that can show you what your next step in life is. And I don't know if you're like me, but I've struggled with that sometimes, being obedient to God. Maybe when God calls me to meet a need, and I say, well, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. When God calls me to serve someone, I'm like, God, I don't know how I'm going to work this into my schedule, man. I'm, I'm, I'm full. Or when God calls me to say something to someone, man, just initiate, just invite them to church. Just invite them into a conversation. Just say something about Jesus, Nathan. I'm like, yeah, but I, like, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what to say. So I want to give you permission to embrace a phrase that, that I have come to embrace. I love this phrase. I love saying it. It doesn't intimidate me at all. You ready? When somebody comes up to me and asks me a question about Jesus that I don't know, here's what I say. I don't know. Like, just embrace it. Just say, I don't know the answer to that. What a great question. I'm going to figure it out, though. Like, I'll go research it. I'll go find it out. Give me your cell phone number. I'll call you back. If you ever do that with someone, like if they ever ask you a question, don't let that stop you. Don't use the excuse, well, I don't have all the answers. Just say, hey, man, that's a great question. I'm going to call my pastor. And then call me, and I'm not going to know the question, but we'll look it up. Like, we'll figure it out together. God looks at Moses and says, man, I know you don't have all the answers because I am the answer. I'll give you everything that you need. I'll open up the door. I'll make a way. God tells Moses, I'll give you what you need, and I'll give you when you need it so that you can be successful at what I've called you to do. Excuse number two, God says, let me, let me eliminate that. Well, you would think after two, Moses would learn his lesson, but chapter four, just a few verses later, in verse one, Moses gives a third excuse. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Third excuse is this. What if they don't believe me? What if I tell them something? What if I tell them that you sent me? What if I, I say this is why I'm doing it? And they look at me and laugh and they don't believe me. And here's what's God's response. He said, Moses, you, you're gonna have to trust me. Trust me on this. See, I can imagine that if I were God, I'd be a little bit frustrated at Moses at this point um, because <laughs> in verse one, Moses said, what if they don't believe me? But I wanna throw it back to just four verses earlier. 
In chapter 3, verse 18, like if we were having a conversation, this would have been me saying this to you two minutes ago. In, in verse th- chapter 3, verse 18, it says, God says this to Moses, the elders of Israel will listen to you. Imagine God looking at you and saying, when you go talk to them, they will listen to you. And two minutes later, you look at God and say, I don't know if they're going to listen to me. Like now we're just at the point where just like, he just doesn't believe God. <laughs> That can be an excuse that we give God sometimes. God can make it clear what he wants us to do through his word. He can make it clear through prayer, through community. You know, you got your Christian friends around you saying, hey, this is the right thing to do. You know what the Bible says. But we will just flat out and look at God and say, I don't believe you. I don't believe you that if I'm going to be generous with my finances, you'll help me make the ends meet. I don't believe you when I say that, that if I'm willing to put others in front of myself, then I can find satisfaction and fulfillment in my life. It just doesn't make sense. I don't believe you when you say these things, God. Sometimes our problem is we don't believe what God says. When I was teaching my girls how to swim, you guys know how I feel about the swimming pool, right? But I just had to suck it up, and I was trying to teach my girls uh, how to jump from the side of the pool to me. So you've probably been here before. We're sitting in the shallow end, and uh, I got my arms reached out like this, and I'm looking at my daughters. And I'm like, all right, jump to me. Jump to me. And they got their, their little floaties on and the life vest and the goggles and the little nose pincher, and they got it all on. Like, they got it all, but, but there's some timidity there, right? Like my girls, will get, they'll get to the edges when they were real little. They'll get to the edge of the pool, and I'm like, all right, so I'll take a step back. Like, all right, jump to Dad. I'll catch you. You're not going to drown. In fact, you're not even going to touch the water. I'm going to catch you in the air, and I'm going to hold you up in the air. You will not get wet. It will not get in your nose. You will not get it in your eyes. It's totally okay. Just jump to Dad. I got you. And you know what happens? My daughters would get to the very edge, and they wouldn't jump. And they back back up. Man, that hurt my feelings. I'm like, what's wrong? You don't trust me? And then I started getting frustrated at it. It's like, I am a grown man standing in three feet of water, and you think you're going to drown? You think I can't handle you? You think something bad's going to happen? It's like, I am your dad. I am not going to look at you and say, I will catch you. And then when you jump, me just swoop my hands out. That is not going to happen. That is hurting my feelings. You imagine how God must feel when he calls you to something, when he calls you to obedience, and you got the God, the creator of the universe saying, I got you. Just trust me. I'm going to make a way. I'm going to provide. I'm always faithful. Just be obedient. Just do it. And we get to the edge of the calling and the destiny that God has had for our life. And we look back and say, "Uh, I don't know. Nah, I'm scared you won't catch me. I'm scared you won't open the door. I'm scared I'm going to take a step out and then I'm going to be all wet. I'm scared it's not going to work. God, I I, I hear you when you say jump. I hear you when you say just follow and obey and listen. But uh, I just don't believe you, God. That was what Moses said in this verse. He says, man, God, I just don't believe you. So God decided to let him know how he could believe him. Verse 2, when the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? It's a shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it on the ground. The Lord told him, so Moses threw it on the ground, and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. It's a cool trick. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out. Now I'm a city guy, but like I even know that. Like you don't grab a snake by the tail. That's a good way to get bit. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. That was God's way of looking at Moses and saying, hey man, can you trust me? Will you trust me that I know what I'm doing? Will you trust me that I've got this thing figured out? Will you trust me 
that when I tell you that something is good and true and right and this is the plan and the purpose, that I want to use you in a real powerful way, will you just trust me in that? I mean, I think God is speaking to us today saying, will you just trust me? Haven't I been faithful? Haven't I always made a way? Hasn't your obedience always paid off? Have I ever done anything to you to misuse your trust? Have I ever not caught you? Have I ever never been there for you? And he was beckoning Moses to simply say yes. Moses gave another excuse, and God immediately met that excuse with an answer, an answer of reassurance. Verse 10, here we go, another one. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? It is, not, is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what you are to say. Fourth excuse is this. Moses just looks at him and says, I can't do it. I can't do it, God. I don't speak good. Most uh, scholars tell us that Moses had a stuttering problem. And, you know, if you have a stuttering problem, when you get nervous, it gets even worse. And he's like, this guy is calling me to go speak to Pharaoh. And, and like, I'm not even going to be able to get a word out of my mouth, man. I'm going to look terrible. I can't. You're asking me to go speak? That's my, that's my kryptonite right there. That's my one weakness. I can't speak. I can't do it. And here's, here's what God says. He eliminates another excuse. He says this, I'll help you. I'll help you to do it. God's response is, I am going to take care of every single detail. I love that about God. Every excuse we give, God says, listen to me, Moses, I am going to take care of every single detail in your life. If you just say yes, if you just follow in obedience, if you're just faithful, I will be with your mouth. I will help you to speak. Now, I got to be honest with you. I'm not God, surprise. And so there's a big difference in how God responded to Moses in this text and what I would have said to Moses. Because it amazes me that Moses... Let me set the page here. Moses is speaking to a bush that is on fire. The bush is speaking back to Moses. And Moses' response is, I'm worried that I can't speak very well. If I were God, I'd be like, Moses, this bush doesn't even have a mouth. And you are speaking to, if I can take a bush that doesn't have a mouth and carry on a conversation with you, I think I got you. I think I can, I can work with your mouth. I am pretty sure that a bush without a mouth is not as good as a man with a mouth. And so why don't you trust me? If I were God, see, that's not what God said. If I were God, this is how verse 12 would have read. And God made an arm grow out of the bush and used it to slap Moses. That's what I would have done. I was like, I got you. I got your mouth. You feel that in your mouth? Come on, man. Come on, Moses. How many more excuses are you going to have? Man, I, I can work with it. I'm the one that created you. I gave you a mouth. The only reason you can talk is because I let you. So stop telling me there's something wrong with your speech or there's something that you can't do. How many times have we said that to God? What are you telling God right now that he can't use, that he's already made it clear to you that he is able and willing to make a way, able and willing to do something in our life? Sometimes, man, sometimes we use our natural inclinations 
as an excuse to why we can't do what God's called us to do. Yeah, but God, I'm an introvert. Oh, no, God, I took the Enneagram test, and I'm a number four, so I can't, that's not me. That's not how I work. I can't, do, I can't speak in front of people. I took a personality test on the Internet one time, and according to the disc, I don't do that. <laughs> I, that's not how my personality, that's not how I function. That's not how I roll. I believe we're getting to a place in life where we are no longer going to be able to offer an excuse to a God that already told you that whatever excuse you have, he can make a way. We got to get over this fact in our life. When God said, God told him, Moses, you will no longer be able to make excuses for things that you don't have that I've promised you I would give you if you asked. And Moses looks up at God and says, well, um, I just can't do it. And God says, yeah, but I can. I'll help you. I'll figure out your mouth thing, okay? <laughs> just trust me with it. Verse, verse 13 Last excuse. Hail Mary at the end. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send somebody else. Send someone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you right now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him exactly what to say. Here's the last excuse, man. This one stings the most. Moses looked at God and said, I don't want to do it. I, don't, I know what to do. I, oh, God, I, I heard you. You didn't stutter. I understood what you said. I just don't want to do it. How many times have we opened up the Bible and we know exactly what God said? And we just look at him and say, I don't want to do it. No, I don't have, I see it. I read it. I know what you want me to do. I know what you've called me to when it comes to generosity. I just don't want to do it. I know what you've called me to when it comes to serving others. I just don't want to do it. God, just send somebody else. Here we get down to it. This is what Moses wanted to say the whole time. He said, God, go find someone else. I don't want you to be those types of people where God presents an opportunity for you to walk into the purpose that he has for your life and you tell God, go send somebody else. If you hear about a need in the city that we can meet, I don't want you to be the one that says, oh, somebody else will do it. Oh, there's a, there's a need that, that our generosity could fix? Eh, somebody else will give. Oh, there's a need in, in, in our world. There's a need guest services. There's a need with one of our ministry partners in the city where we can really make an impact. Yeah, somebody else will do it. Like, God, send somebody. I, I just don't want to do it. I don't have time. It's not my thing. I, I, don't, I don't want to. Moses just got down to it. And I, I love this, man, because at that moment, again, God could have snapped. God, God could have called Moses out on how selfish he is and how he doesn't get it and how he's totally missed out what God's called him to do. But instead, God responds with grace. He says, all right, I'll help you. I got a plan for you. That's the response that he has. Moses said, I don't want to. And God says, yeah, but you don't understand. I have a plan for you. There's a plan and a purpose for your life. And I'll send other people to help you with it. But I don't want you to live your life and waste it. I don't want to get you get to the end of your life and realize that God had a plan and you totally missed it. You're walking in somebody else's purpose. You're doing something else that's going to leave you completely empty when you could have said yes to God. God shows grace. God shows patience. 
God continues to make a way. God eliminates every excuse that Moses has. And here's why. Because he created Moses on purpose for a purpose. And he was going to use Moses to impact other people. I believe the same thing about you. That God created you on purpose for a purpose. And the danger of the excuses that we give God is not just on you. It's the fact that God wants to use you to impact others. And when you say no, it hurts others. When you say no to a need, others are still in need. When you say no to the plan, you're looking at God and saying, I don't trust you, I don't love you, I don't want you. Like, I, I, this is not what I want to do. I want to choose my own path. I'm telling you, you, choose, you make that choice, you're going to miss out on so much in your life. Last, last verse, here's what God told him to do in 17. He said, take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs that I have shown you. He looks at Moses and said, hey, you remember that snake thing? You, you might want to remember that. That's a cool trick. That'll get people's attention. Anytime you need that staff, just throw it on the ground. When it turns into a snake, they're probably going to listen to the next thing you say. So take that. God looks at Moses and says this, what do you have in your hand? Remember that at the beginning of, of the chapter? He says, Moses, what's that in your hand? And he said, it's a stick. <laughs> and I'm sure Moses was ready for this. He's like, it's a stick, God. What you gonna do with a stick? <laughs> you, know, you can't use this old thing. It's just a piece of wood, right? And God uses a piece of wood to impact Moses and he will continue to use that staff through the rest of Moses' ministry to impact millions of other people. God looked at Moses and says, I can take a stick and do something with it. A stick. Let me tell you this. If God can do that with a stick, imagine what he can do with you. Imagine what he can do with you. Your personality, your giftings, your relationships, your influence, the things that he's given you. If he can change this man's mind with a simple stick, and use it for the rest of his life. Imagine what it would be if you and I were willing to surrender our life to Jesus and say, all right, God, here's what I got. What you got in your hand? I don't know how you're going to use this. <laughs> it's not very impressive. I'm not a very educated person. I don't have all the answers. I'm a sinner. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm always giving you excuses. But here's God, if you can use it, then, then use it. If you can use a stick, then you can use what I have. And watch when you surrender that to God, how God makes a difference. I want you to know while you're here. And instead of giving excuses, I want you to lean in, not to what you don't have, but I want you to lean into who God is and what he can do. And hold on to the promise that what he's called you to do, he'll give you everything you need when you need it to accomplish what he's called and created you to do. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for including this story of Moses because I see a lot of myself in the story of Moses the times where I, I made it about me and why I couldn't do it when you were simply calling me to faithfulness and obedience. God, we've all been there. We've given excuse after excuse after excuse as to why we couldn't say yes to you, why we didn't want to, why we were unqualified, why, why we were full of fear. And God, in your grace and mercy, you offer forgiveness in those moments and and you give us another chance. You eliminate the excuse. You give us what we need to accomplish what you've called us to do. God, I pray that you would give us the boldness now to stop making excuses and to start focusing on just saying yes, just opening up our hands and saying, God, whatever I have, 
Here's what I have in my hands. I want you to use it. I want to surrender it over to you. God, I'm confident if we can do that, then you can take our natural and do something supernatural with it. God, I'm asking that people in here today would say yes to you. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the next time. I I don't know, God, but would you give us the wisdom and the discernment to know what to do with the words that we've just heard? Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.